daily Bible reading notes from Valley Chapel Community Church, where we seek to learn the whole counsel of God's Word. I'm your host, Pastor Michael Rowe. This is the posting for February 15th, 2024. Good books are a treasure. With memorable characters, vivid narrative, and a compelling storyline, an author can powerfully communicate truth in a way that is remembered for a lifetime. This is especially true in the books of Scripture. The stories in the books of the Bible are meant to teach us. As Paul puts it, quote, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 If we really believe that, and we should, then we will look for the teaching that the book of Numbers is meant to communicate. The challenge in Numbers, and you may have already picked up on this, is that the outline or structure of the book is not easily detected at first. But if we do the work necessary to read and study the book, we will be repaid richly with truth from God's Word. We noted one of the challenges a couple of days ago. The timestamps are out of order, and there is a large gap between year 2 at the beginning and year 40 at the end. So how do we link these several censuses, instructions, date stamps, and the stories in between together? In his volume on numbers in the Expositor's Bible Commentary, Ronald Allen gives a convincing argument to see the censuses as the main frames for the structure of the book. The censuses in chapters 1 and 26 highlight the two generations of Israel. The first generation is the focus of chapters 1 through 25. The focus then shifts to the second generation in chapter 26. These two numberings of the people are like the introduction and conclusion to a story charting the rise, fall, and redemption of a character. The date stamps at the beginning and end of the book, Leviticus 1.1, 7191, 1011, and 3338 are key moments in the development of the story. In chapters 1 through 10 in particular, they highlight the great treasure held and then lost by that first generation. The first half of Numbers, then, is a cautionary tale of Israel's loss. It provides valuable lessons for us. First, they warn us about false or failing commitment to God. In both chapters 6 and 7, a key theme is repeated, dedication. Two different but synonymous words describing consecration or devotion are used. In chapter 6, God gave any Israelite the opportunity to dedicate or devote themselves to him through the Nazarite vow, Numbers 6, verse 2. While they were not priests, these holy ones were similar to the high priests in some ways. For example, like the high priest, they could not defile themselves, even for the death of a mother or father. Numbers 6, 6-7, and Leviticus 21, 10-11. This was an opportunity then for any individual to be counted holy before God and to render him devoted service in a special way. Numbers 6, verse 8. But dedication to God wasn't just for a special individual. All of God's people were to be devoted and dedicated to Him in covenant faithfulness. In chapter 7, we see the public profession of dedication by the leaders of Israel. In one of the longest chapters in the Bible, for twelve days, the leader of each tribe was allowed to bring an offering of dedication for the altar to God. 
number 7, 10 through 11. This central place of sacrifice was foundational to the public worship of God and the acceptance of the people by God. To be involved in the dedication of the altar where atonement would be made every day for God's people was an immense privilege. As each tribe brought its sacrifices, they were publicly declaring their devotion to God. Sadly, these opportunities for devotion to God would quickly be traded for complaints against God, Numbers 11.1, 1, disbelief in God, Numbers 14, verse 11, and idolatrous betrayal against God, Numbers 25, verse 1. Jesus warns against the danger of false devotion in his conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Those with false devotion will hear these terrifying words, quote, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 7.23 As believers, we must regularly evaluate and strengthen our commitment to the Lord. As the writer to the Hebrews urges, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 3, 12-13 Second, the first generation in Numbers warns us about neglecting and rejecting the gift of God's word. In chapter 6, through the priests, God gave his word of blessing to the nation of Israel. Numbers 6, 22-26 this beautiful benediction still graces many worship services today. God promised that in response to this benediction, He would bless them. Numbers 6.27 But there was more blessing. As chapter 7 ends, we find the great blessing of God giving His word to the people. There, from the tent of meeting, God spoke to Moses. Numbers 7.89 The word of God was given to God's people. What greater gift and treasure could they have hoped to receive? Sadly, the first generation fell in the wilderness because they failed to hear and believe God's word. As Psalm 106 explains, they did not believe in his word and they did not listen to the voice of the Lord. Psalm 106, 24 and 25. God's people must always remember to give close attention to the word of God. Hebrews 2 verse 1. In the reading, hearing, and preaching of God's Word, the response of our hearts should be, quote, I rejoice at your Word as one who finds great spoil. Psalm 119, verse 162. May we so treasure God's Word today.